Hello, you're listening to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. Welcome to season four of the 100 Masked Men series, where I anonymously interview different types of men on dealing with relationships in today's modern world. This week, I'm questioning heterosexuality as a whole. Is straightness even real? Masked man number 86 is cut both ways. In this conversation, I learn about the risk involved in defining yourself as a trans person, the fetishization of LGBTQ community, and practicing consent in a long-term relationship. After hearing this person unveil the silliness of deciding to date someone simply because of what is inside your pants, I literally whisper that I don't believe straightness is real anymore. Rather, we are attracted to a lot of things, but the problem lies in trying to be the only thing someone is attracted to. (laughs) Talk about control issues. Let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the show. It's a very important topic for me because relationships and dating as a whole have been skewed, so to speak. Okay. And I don't know. I get very passionate about it because every single like woman I've ever dated has been a victim of sexual assault in one way or another. They talk about a boyfriend that they didn't want sexual advances towards them. Like they get sexual comments about the way that they look from complete strangers. Like it is a constant thing. And I have a lot of female friends, so it's just so irritating that men don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So what is the, the main misunderstanding that you've experienced? Because I mean, you're, you're transgender. So now you're perceived more as you, you look like a man first now. Right. So has that changed how women might interact with you since Uh, that switch? And like, is the conversation of consent different that you might be able to relate to them more? Like to relate uh, to straight so, men more? So surprisingly, women who supposedly identify as straight from what I've experienced are far more open to the idea of dating a trans man than if the roles are reversed. So if a cis man were open to the idea of dating a trans woman, that is far less common, mainly because I don't see a whole lot of trans women in general. And then every single conversation Because I see it like online, I see people posting videos about like people making compilations of people saying that they wouldn't date a trans woman. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really interesting. In terms of consent, the thing that I've noticed is men don't have a really good concept of what sexual assault is. (laughs) Because from what I understand and from what like other people have told me and from even direct messages, People have this idea that unless you are being physically assaulted or being physically forced into it, it's not sexual assault. And that that's not true, (laughs) because when you're in a relationship with somebody, emotional manipulation and emotional factors are also really, really important in terms of sexual assault. Like it, it genuinely boggles my mind that people don't understand that as a concept, but It's also another thing because just in general, whenever people are in toxic relationships, people are always like, oh, you can just leave. It's not always that easy, though. (laughs) And it's very frustrating to have to constantly, constantly, constantly try and get people to understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's difficult. I mean, almost 100% of the straight men that I speak to on the show, they're always like, oh, I wish women would just be more communicative and just say no when they don't feel like it. Like, why is it so hard for them to just say no? And I'm like, because 
it's not safe. And I just don't, I don't know how to communicate that better. So what's, what's a good way that you've been able to visualize it so that some, some people can kind of see it in a, in a different light. So one of the things that I always clarify is that I understand that not everybody has the same amount of willpower. And I'm not saying that to like, make people like put people down or make people feel bad. Some people generally have more self-worth whenever it comes to their standards and what they're willing to put up with people who are victims of trauma or abuse of some kind generally have a lot lower standards because Mm -hmm. in their mind they've dealt with a lot worse so if something's even a little bit better they're more happy about it even if that supposedly better relationship isn't actually better um honestly And I think I've said this before, uh, the whole no means no movement, I really don't like because a lot of dudes are under the impression that, oh, if they get a yes, then then they don't have to get any other kind of consent. They don't have to do check-ins. One of the things that I always like is it's, it has to be an enthusiastic yes. And if they don't take the no, remove yourself from the situation. It doesn't matter if you're feeling unsafe or if that person, it doesn't matter if you've been married to them for 30 years, if you just started dating them, you need to leave the situation because, and it sounds horrible when someone is twice your size and they can physically overpower you and you don't feel safe, you have every right to leave that situation, not necessarily leave the relationship, but if you don't feel comfortable and they're not taking your no for a no, you need to remove yourself from the situation because they're either going to guilt trip you they're going to argue with you about it or they're going to physically take it from you Yeah. <laughs> because in my experience, that's what happens. And that's the thing that kills me because men are always like, why don't women just say no? Because they fear the repercussions of that. No, like whether it's emotional or physical and men don't seem to understand that. <laughs> and I think it's also a thing like they've said no in like a bunch of subtle ways because they're afraid of saying a flat out no, because it's just maybe too aggressive and they're just not getting, getting it across. Right. And then eventually when you just shout out, no, they're like, geez, bitch, like, you know, why did that happen? Why do you have to go that far? And it's like, well, I kind of said it in like so many ways to get to that. And we have to arrive here. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too, because a lot of dudes and I, and I've seen like other podcasts and stuff like this where they will talk to men And uh, that conversation is brought up like, oh, you know, women are being subtle in the ways that they're saying no. A a lot of dudes misinterpret that as playing hard to get. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely hate that because why would you just assume how the woman is feeling instead of actually checking in with them? Because if you're not checking in with them, you have no idea if you're right. You're just assuming. (laughs) And that that in no way helps either one of you. Yeah. So I, I would love to know your concept of masculinity or manhood in, in the way of I'm, I'm such a man. Cause I got her to say that. Yes. You know, it's like, if, if it's like a, a soft no or a not enthusiastic, yes. Like you said, sometimes they may think like, well, I got to prove my point then. So I'm going to keep going and going. Right. And maybe they'll have the best intentions in this way, but let's say they, they, you know, keep pushing because they're like, well, it's not an enthusiastic no or an enthusiastic yes. So that means I still have some wiggle room to, to make my point across and whatever, whatever. The problem obviously is that they're trying to convince you to believe or accept their belief. I remember having this argument with my brother and I was like, we both have different opinions right now. 
So there's no point in having this conversation because I'm going to believe my thing and you're going to believe your thing. And he was like, no, I want to have this conversation because I want you to believe what I believe. And I was like, oh, so my opinion doesn't matter. (laughs) It's just about you trying to prove to me and I'm just supposed to accept it is kind of like this machismo game, I think, to be like, yeah, I've won. You know, I'm I'm a man now. Is there like this sense of approval that you get when you (laughs) receive a yes reluctantly? Um So uh, contrary to popular belief, even though I talk a lot about uh, sex and I talk about relationships, I actually have like zero to no sex drive. And it's funny because every time I tell people that they're like, what do you mean? You talk about it all the time, joke about it all the time. I I don't care. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like consent as a whole, it's very easy for me to understand the concept of no means no. Like that's not a hard thing to understand. Like if they change their mind, Okay, cool. It, it's a power dynamic. That's all it is. And it, whether or not it's malicious or not, it's not about wanting your partner to actually feel good. It's about you being right. And mm. one, of my, one of my exes and I actually were like this. I, I was in a very like committed long-term relationship. And every time that we said, every time that I said no, it would turn into an argument. And one of the things, like you said, about arguments is that sometimes it's not actually about like discussing things. It's about getting the other person to believe what you believe. And that's not an argument. That's called conversion. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so at that point, it's like you're not people aren't aware of the fact that some people just aren't going to believe what you believe, no matter what you put in front of them, no matter what statistics you give them. You have to know when to let it go. And men, for whatever reason, just have a really hard time accepting that concept. Mm -hmm. I think it's the argument of like, who is right versus what is right. You know, you want to get to arriving at what is right rather than who is right. And if our egos are in the way, then that's just all it's going to be. It's like you versus me, right? And that's one of the reasons why debating people just in general is very tiring because I love having conversations like this. I love having discussions like this in order to gain other people's perspectives. There's a difference between debating and arguing though, Mm -hmm. because arguing is just, I'm right and you're wrong. And that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about, Hey, we may not agree on things, but this is how I see my perspective. I would like to see how yours is. And as long as you're not like harming anybody and you're not trying to take anybody's rights away, you're completely justified in your opinion and the way that you view things. That's completely fine. It becomes a problem though, whenever you are not taking your partner's feelings into consideration and you are being selfish, mm-hmm. so to speak. What does um, selfishness look like for you? Oh God. Uh, so, so again, with my long-term relationship, people were always like, oh, you know, your examples are so spot on. Like, you, you really like, I really resonate with what you feel. It's because those things that I said were said to me. Mm. So I know firsthand what it's like to experience a relationship like this. So selfishness is when you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, you've had a long day at work, you don't want to have any kind of physical intimacy and your partner essentially makes you feel like a bad significant other for not wanting to be physically intimate with someone. And then when you finally give in and you do become physically intimate, they try and gaslight you into saying that because you felt good or because you were enjoying it in any way, sense of the word, you wanted it all along. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. And it makes you want to completely negate sexual intimacy altogether. 
And it's unfortunate. It's really, really unfortunate. And I've seen several women in my life, both like coworkers, both with friends, both with past partners, they have sexual trauma because of that. Almost every single woman that I have met have some kind of sexual trauma related to that. And no one talks about it. And I feel like it's a very important conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's wild how you can completely lose your sex drive when you're with the wrong partner because of those microaggressions or like those weird feelings of shame where you're like, oh, oh I needed to only do this just for this person or because that person was upset with me if I didn't do it. And it becomes this whole performative play. And I remember just hating this human so badly that I was like, the one thing I can do is just desexualize myself, you know, and then at least like no one gets it. And I would rather punish myself just so that I can punish this guy like as well. And then realizing like, it's so not worth it, obviously, but yeah, like where do you think we lose our sexual drive? I think it just comes from a lack of not being hurt, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like before I came out as transgender, um, I was not necessarily sexualized. I've always been a tomboy. Like that was something that has always been very ingrained since I was like 13. So like as a whole, I had never really been hit on. Like some people saw me as attractive because they were into that type. But the majority of the time I was left alone. My friends, though, who were way more feminine than I was, oh my gosh, the constant amount of like objectification. I would get like screenshots of these dudes just harassing them or saying that they have a nice ass or (laughs) saying like them not getting the idea or the hint that they don't want any kind of like attention from this person. And when you are so constantly over sexualized or over objectified, you just you, you lose that sense of enjoying it yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's really unfortunate, honestly. And like, as a trans guy, not to toot my own horn or anything, we make the best allies because who better to understand a woman than someone who used to identify as a woman? Like, and like, I've even met women who prefer trans men over cis men just because not even like a sexual sense, it's just an emotional connection and having someone understand them. Yeah. I think it's wild. I mean, I think I I moved away from that hyper masculine alpha male thing. I thought that that was what all women want. That's like, you know, what a perfect 10 looks like. And then I started to develop more of an attraction towards trans men as well, because it's like, oh, they understand, you know? And like, what I would appreciate more than anything is someone that wants to communicate more about gender dynamics. Right. And like, where is that play from and how much is that conditioned within us versus, you know, our true authentic self, this is all a mask, you know, like whatever we're trying to embody because we're just trying to be a representation of a representation that was created. Right. That's like not even real. And like, I don't know how many, like, people you've dated before but uh like as you got older do you know like around what time that started to change like from you wanting the alpha male to wanting the more not necessarily feminine but just the men who are more open to communication and maybe don't fit the stereotype of the alpha male it was up and down to be honest i don't think it's an age thing then it is a maturity level you know so i mean i'm 32 now But even last year, I was more into the alpha male space, right? So I kind of like would flip flop between that. I think it's 
it's really based on the trauma or based on the last partner I was with. I would go from like hyper-masculine to hyper-feminine to hyper-masculine to hyper-feminine. I think only now have I really been like, you know what? Like I prefer someone that's been both ways. You know, I'd want someone that's more gender fluid now that has seen other sides to things, you know, that has something to say differently that like an experience I can't even understand because here I am just like maybe understanding what a cis male might know. Right. But I think someone that's also come from a space where they were born a woman, like there's way more in common. And also I'm just over the penis into vagina concept. I am definitely one of the unique ones because that's all straight women talk about. Right. And I think what's really funny is I don't think straight women would normally care about dick size. It, it just came out of the bathrooms of men's bathrooms because all they do is look at each other's dicks. You know, like you guys are just in these urinals with your dicks hanging out. Like women don't pee in front of other women with like all of the, all the doors open. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't always yeah. stare at each other's genitals the way that guys do just kind of leaving it hanging out there. So of course it's something that you kind of like have to measure up with. You know what I mean? Like we might measure tits, but like, cause it's a little bit more out there. I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? That's what I do. Oh, that, that's one of the things that has always interested me. So from a very young age, I knew I wasn't straight. So mm-hmm. to, to hear the perspective of a straight woman is so interesting to me because <laughs> like I've dated, I've dated women. I've dated non-binary people. I've dated men. I've dated trans men, trans, uh, I haven't dated a trans woman. I've dated a very broad spectrum of people. It, to me, just in general, like people who are supposedly straight, they, they fascinate me, <laughs> so to speak, because the way that they talk about dating is so foreign to me. Like the idea of having preference based off of what's in your pants, that has always just been a foreign concept to me. Because if you truly care about this person and you like them and you want to date them and you think that they're attractive, why would you not want to date them? strictly just because they have a reproductive organ. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, and, and there's nothing wrong with like being attracted to somebody and not being attracted to somebody because you can't really control that. It, to me, that's just a very foreign concept to me. I think it's not real. You know, I think straightness is not real. I think that's like a conditioning for us all to follow a script because then we start believing in power dynamics, right? It's like, oh, this guy is the perfect package. He's everything that I want. Oh shit, he has a small penis. You know, it's like, what? (laughs) All of a sudden that matters. It shouldn't have mattered. Or it's like, oh, everything sucks, but he's got a big penis. You know, like whatever it is, it ends up being about a penis competition, which shouldn't be a thing. So I'm like recently out, so to speak, as transgender. So I haven't even been trans for a year, but my last... Uh, relationship ended because I came out as trans. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and to me, that just boggled my mind. I didn't understand. You say that you love me. You say, like, nothing about my personality has changed from when I first came out to now. Like, I am, I'm literally the exact same. Uh, I still have the same interests. I still act the same way. Literally, the only difference is a deeper voice mm-hmm. because I still dress the same way. Nothing has changed. So if that person supposedly loved me and they cared about me and they wanted to spend the rest of their life with me, why does it all of a sudden matter what I identified as? And I think it was because, and a lot of cis people I've noticed, they don't like the idea of dating somebody who used to have different genitalia because one of the things that I hear a lot is why don't trans people 
tell their significant other that they're transgender, even if they are post-operation, like they've gotten everything done. There's a very common misconception. Um, just to put it in perspective, less than 1% of trans people can fully transition. I'm mm -hmm. talking like top and bottom surgery, estrogen or testosterone, uh, full name change. Like that's at least 30 grand. Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't necessarily have that lying around. Uh, I'm lucky enough to even be able to afford testosterone. The majority of the people that I know can't afford testosterone because mm -hmm. it's at least like 200 to $240 a month. So the idea that you would date someone who is trans, which is already super small because there aren't a ton of us out there. We are growing because it's more like accepted, but to also date someone who is post operation, again, also incredibly small to have the, not necessarily entitlement, but to have the expectation that they would tell you that they are transgender. They don't understand like the risk that we put ourselves by telling people that we're trans. The only people who know that I'm trans are the people that need to know. So my job, my fan, my friends and family, and possibly significant others, because I'm th literally the only reason why I tell them that I'm trans is because I'm, I don't have the goods necessarily to back it up because they're mm -hmm. going to find out that I'm trans. If I had the ability to not tell them I'm transgender, I would do it. I don't like being trans. I don't mm -hmm. like it because it, it puts a target on my back. And a lot of cis people don't understand that. They don't understand the risk that we put ourselves in. The amount of hate crimes that happen specifically to trans women is exponentially like through the roof compared to the rest of the lgbtq community and it's insane why is it only at the trans women space because they are more heavily scrutinized because it's harder for them to pass so to speak so with female to male specifically it's a lot easier to pass because i mean with me i just kind of pass as a young looking man and i am and i am young but uh, I look like a high school boy because okay. I have a baby face. And comparing that to people who were born male going into being a female, they have typically broader shoulders. They may have uh, a strong jawline. They may have facial hair that they have to continuously shave. Like it's so much harder for them to pass as a woman than it is for a female to pass as a man because with a female, you just have to put on a baggy, like a baggy sweater, wear jeans and then cut your hair. <laughs> but <laughs> like, there's a whole like physicality in terms of men transitioning into women. Mm -hmm. Is there, I, I don't know, is there like aggression towards like, why would you want to remove that? Like, you know, being a man is like the, the top of the totem pole concept yeah. of like, how dare you switch away from that like everyone should just want to be a man. Like we can see why women want to become men, but like the, the reverse makes no sense to anybody. Like is, is, is it that, is there part of that? So a lot of things that are very common with trans people is that when you first come out, there is a severe rejection of the, so to speak, gender role that you were assigned to. So typically whenever, and, and I follow a really, really cool um, feminine leading non-binary person. And uh, she was talking about how she basically, she denied any form of her masculinity. Like she went full on rejected and she got a lot of hate for it because she felt like she should be ashamed 
of how she was born and how she wanted to stay in the closet. Essentially, Mm -hmm. she didn't want to come out because she knew of the repercussions with that. She would be heavily scrutinized, not only with people who were born men and identify as men, but just as a whole, she knew that her life was going to be so much harder because supposedly she's at the top of the totem pole and now she's going to be at the bottom because not only are people who were born men identifying as female heavily scrutinized, but if you're also pre, uh, pre-surgery, you also get even more heavily scrutinized. And that was one of the biggest challenges whenever it came to her coming out. Would you think that you would be more proud to be trans if there was just more, more of a population that were like, is it, it you just not feel safe? Like you're saying you wish you could just go through that transition, like to be a hundred percent and then just be completely passing as male, you know, and not even be that middle ground. Or do you think there's a space for trans to just be its own space? And like uh, a lot of people happily wanting to be trans, which is like a, I guess just non-binary mixture. So I, where I'm at right now, I'm incredibly comfortable. I don't really care. And, uh, and like everybody at my work is supportive of me. Everyone at, well, I mean, my family's another issue, but basically everyone in my current life and people that I'm near are very accepting of who I am. So right now I'm fine. I would love to be able to get surgery. It's more of a wish than anything else. Okay. The dysphoria definitely sucks, but, um, I feel like it's, I feel like there is a way for trans people to be proud of who they are. I think a lot of people want to transition, not because, I mean, dysphoria definitely plays into it, but it's like you said, it's not necessarily safe for us to be trans still. We've definitely made progress and we've definitely made strides. There are so many assaults that happen. Just two weeks ago, I saw a video about uh, a trans man who went on a date and they told their date that they were transgender and then they got assaulted. So it's still like a very common thing for people to get assaulted and to have some form of abuse towards them. So wait, they got assaulted by the date? Yes. Wow. And that's the thing. Cis people have an expectation to be told that they are transgender right up front. But then when we do that, this there's a possibility of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's not of the fact that we don't want to tell them. It's that we can't tell them. Mm-hmm. And cis people don't understand that. I would love to tell people that I'm trans because I don't really care. I think it's a really cool thing to tell people that I'm trans because I have a unique perspective that they don't. Mm-hmm. But I can't always tell people that, especially older people, because I've been yelled at before by older people. What did they <laughs> say to like, you? I've, I've been given weird looks. I've had people straight up walk up to me and ask me if I'm a man or a woman. And uh, that that's definitely more like normalized for me now. I've definitely gotten people who have stared at me for long periods of time, though, because they genuinely don't know if I'm a man or a woman. And for whatever reason, that matters to them, even if they're not even like a fixture of my life. People just have to know. <laughs> I think it's wild. Why do you think people need to know? Because I feel like whenever someone looks at you, And this is just no matter what you are, like what age you are, who you identify as, whatever. People have a pre-existing version of you in their head when they see you. And if they cannot put you in a box, they think that that's odd. And so they need to get some form of closure from that. And so some people just kind of make peace with it. Other people are just brazen enough to be like, hey, are you a man or a woman? (laughs) And 
uh, like I genuinely don't care whatever ends up happening like I always go by the motto of like whatever doesn't kill you will make a really good story so Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I I don't care and I love it when people ask me questions because it means that they are trying to understand something that they don't know I love people asking me questions because it means that they are choosing to learn rather than just staying ignorant. I can't stand people that just would rather stay ignorant than actually try and learn something that they don't understand. Mm. So I'm curious about the trans space and wanting to look and like pass either as male or female based on what those societal expectations or standards of what men and women are supposed to look like. Because a lot of the time, especially when I travel around Mexico, I get a lot of people saying that they find me especially attractive. Um, they don't normally find Asian women attractive and suddenly I'm so attractive. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a normal Asian woman in this space because first of all, not a lot of Asian women go to Mexico, right? So I'm already rare in this picture. So there's this exotic factor. I'm like incredibly tanned than, than a typical Asian person, you know, and then I'm Westernized by, you know, the lashes and the, and the blonde hair and the everything, you know what I mean? So I'm just like this not real conception or like maybe all of the like attractive elements stuck together in one like little bubble. I don't know, but I always get these people that are like, oh, this is the first time I've ever been attracted to an Asian woman. Like, why do you think this is as if I'm supposed to answer that question for them? But, and, and that's just because this is now this century that like, I mean, I don't know which century it's always been, you know, Asian fetish <laughs> crap, but <laughs> it's um, yeah, it, it's, it's weird. And I didn't know that that was a thing until it just happened so often for me that like, I was getting these like questions about attraction and they're like, oh yeah, this is like rare for me. I'm like, yeah, cause I'm displaced and you've just never seen this before. So, you know, similarly with you, are people just attracted to you based on this weird curiosity of like, I can't tell what you are. This is intriguing to me, you know? Well, and that's the thing. I get all different kinds of comments on my social media account about like how they're attracted to me and they had never like experienced being attracted to somebody who wasn't born uh, a male. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's very interesting because uh, just in general that we get treated like we're not necessarily like an alien, but we basically are treated like a different species almost. They're like, so what is it like, like in your day-to-day life? I'm like, I am literally just a person. <laughs> and and I think it's like you said, uh, they're just so not used to it. Like you see it all the time in social media, like the, the trans movement is all over social media. Same thing with the LGBTQ movement. That's all over social media. In real life, you don't really meet a whole lot of LGBTQ people. Like we're a lot smaller than people realize. It's definitely growing for sure. But like, people like even before I came out as trans and I identified as a a lesbian people like gave me like this weird second glance of oh you're you're real like you're you're not just in the internet Internet. like you're you're a physical person it's like yes I am a physical person I'm real and (laughs) like in terms of gender roles I absolutely love it when people just don't care they don't they will wear whatever they want People will put whatever label that they want on them and they don't care because again, it goes back to the box analogy. Whenever people can't put you in a box, it makes it harder for them to categorize you and like even like to deem you like attractive, to deem you like worthy of their time or whatever, stuff like that. When you see someone who was born a male, identifies as non-binary and is wearing a skirt, 
that like completely gets people turning like 180. Like they've never seen that before. And it's even cooler to see them in real life because like typically like you see them a lot in like alternative stores. So like Hot Topic or Spencer's, you see way more people of the community there. So Mm -hmm. you see all these older people just gawking Mm -hmm. at all these younger people who are expressing themselves and expressing their sexuality and expressing their identity. And it is just one of the funniest things ever to just see people. It's like a zoo. I think lately, just because of the trans movement, there's been a wave of support from more creative straight men, like artists, singers, you know, more in that space that adopt some level of feminine energy, you know, maybe they'll, they'll be really small. They'll, they'll wear like leggings or they'll, you know, um, dye their hair differently or paint their nails or something like this. And the older community will be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. And these are the tiniest elements. Whereas women have been doing, you know, masculine things forever. You know, they've been wearing pants for a really long time. So I think it's funny when, when people just react so intensely over one or the other's change of standard. And I think it's wild because, you know, which, which one is more wild? Is it like men dressing like women? Because I don't think when women go to the men's side and like women act more masculine, like I think you're saying in the, in the whole power dynamic, like it's easier to see everyone conform to a masculine space than to see anyone desire the feminine space. You know? Well, and so I don't know if you know Bo Burnham or had watched his recent special. Um, He actually made a song about this So typically, whenever men are dressing feminine, we've seen men dress femininely all the time. Lately, though, you really only ever see it for satirical reasons or Mm -hmm. for things not taken in a serious fashion, because whenever men are taken, uh, taken on a feminine style, they get heavily criticized for it. Because, again, like you said, it's easier to conform to a masculine style than it is a feminine style, because feminine in terms of gender roles are seen as not necessarily weaker, but as inferior in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And he made a joke about that because he was comparing like a white woman's Instagram. So he was basically doing a side by side of him doing the exact same thing that the woman was doing. The difference though, is that it wasn't done in a satirical way. The song was satirical, but the images were actually really good. And like his, he had longer hair. So like his hair was done. The photography was beautiful. The cinematography was lovely. And it was basically a statement of like, it's under the guise of comedy, but in reality, there's, there's nothing wrong with men dressing femininely. It's literally just a societal thing. That is the only thing that is stopping men from being able to paint their nails and to wear skirts and to just in general express feminine things because they can only do it under the lens of comedy. And I think that that's incredibly interesting. Yeah, like it has to be a joke. I think there is this weird secrecy, at least from what I've experienced, of straight men telling me like, oh, they'll go to a trans party or or like a drag brunch or something like that and dress up and participate with their friends. And they'd be like, oh, I felt like I was putting on a show, you know, like I'm wearing this dress, you know, I'm I'm trying to participate, but I kind of like it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. is there a problem with liking it? You're, you know, coming to an event and and do whatever you want to do. Right. And I feel like there's this, I don't know, at least this is what I've heard from a lot of older straight guys that they're just like, oh, you know, like taking a dump, you know, (laughs) that could feel gay if I enjoy taking a dump. And I'm like, guys, you, you and your fragility, if you think like taking a shit and enjoying taking a shit makes you somewhat gay in any kind of way, like (laughs) 
that's ridiculous. But yeah, I I think think any small step at, you know, some sort of outside of the box scenario just freaks them out to this ridiculous level. Well, and like that, that's the thing that I find really interesting because I've also noticed that a lot of straight people and a lot of cis people are way more comfortable going to a gay bar or a trans bar than they are a straight bar. And I think that that's just because we are more creative, like we are more free, we are more open to ideas compared to the like paint by number, black and white straight bar. And just women get harassed all the time. And it's just like, they don't need that. They don't deserve that. They deserve to have a place where they feel safe. And there was like a podcast that I was watching and she was talking about how she felt guilty uh, that her and her friends went to a lesbian bar and they didn't get hit on or anything, but they felt bad because they didn't feel necessarily welcome in the space because they felt like they didn't belong there simply because they were straight. And that's not how that works. The Mm -hmm. idea of the movement is to accept everybody. It only becomes an issue when you're trying to take our rights away. We don't care that people are straight. It, it becomes an issue, though, when you are being actively hostile towards us. But we don't we don't care. We, we love everyone. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. I I heard of that as well from other straight women that like, oh, you know, let's rather than going to a gay bar, let's go to a lesbian bar. You know, let's see what the difference is. And then they would say they had such a bad experience. And it's the same thing as straight guys saying they go to a gay bar and they have a bad experience, too. And I'm like, it's just because you're not getting the same attention as you used to get as a, as a straight woman, you're going to the dyke bar thinking that like all of the lesbians are going to hit on you because you're a straight girl. And what you know about gay men is apparently all these gay men are trying to convert straight men, but that is just homophobia written by straight men, Yep. you know, <laughs> and then you're just trying to connect and make the exact same scenario for you. And you're like, oh my God, the girls didn't hit on me. I'm so sad. Like this, this wasn't, this isn't working out. Like they're rejecting us. And it's like, no, they're just living their lives like you are just a normal human and whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, our, our the gay agenda is not to convert all the straight people. <laughs> and I find that concept to be so funny because I, I, I agree with what you said. The idea of being straight, I don't think is real to a mm-hmm. degree. I feel like everyone has that one person that's an exception that is of the opposite sex or identifies as somebody that isn't your ideal person. Like there's always a joke about how, uh, and I've seen it lately because uh, there was a new Ryan Reynolds movie that came out. Cis men, for whatever reason, always have Ryan Reynolds as an exception for wanting to date them or like for, for finding him attractive. And I find that to be really funny because it's like, I don't necessarily think that like they would go date a guy, but like the idea that you are 100% straight is ridiculous. Just like you're 100% gay. Everyone has an exception in my eyes. I I genuinely don't feel like sexuality is this, like you're this thing, you will be this thing. You will never be this thing. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) like see cis men just like just absolutely praise like ryan reynolds and all these other like big marvel characters bucky barnes is also another one Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i've noticed that a lot of cis men are like not no homo or whatever but he's really attractive i'm like it's allowed you're allowed to (laughs) you're allowed to find someone attractive it doesn't have to be like you're gay if you like this person like no (laughs) well i think that goes into a lot of distrust that straight men might have with women if they you know 
feel really vulnerable with this woman. They've been with them for a really long time. And maybe she has like male colleagues or just like male friends in general, and they have these insecurities and, you know, of course they could recognize who's an attractive guy and who's not an attractive guy in their own, you know, perspective, what they think is attractive. And they're just worried that, you know, their partner is also going to have this, those same things, because if she thinks he's attractive, then whatever he thinks is attractive, she also thinks is attractive. So, you know, if he's into <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and there's a Ryan Reynolds that walks into this bar today, like, oh shit, you know, it's going to go down. <laughs> so yeah, I think like, it's oh, just man, like fragility. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my girlfriend today. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> like, this is it. No. And, and to me, that just, that just screams insecurity on the guy because like, the thing that absolutely kills me in men is that they don't recognize their own insecurities a lot of the time. And it's very irritating because whenever a woman calls them out on their insecurity, they vehemently deny it. And yet they are like self-aware of their own insecurity. They just refuse to admit it. So like whenever they say, oh, you know, my girlfriend isn't allowed to have male colleagues or whatever. I'm like, that is really, really weird because it really just shows one, you don't trust your girlfriend. And two, you have severe trust issues and I feel bad for your girlfriend Mm -hmm. because that's just going to lead to a problem farther down the line. If he's intimidated by just male coworkers or male friends, like he's probably going to have like an idea of, oh, she's cheating on me because she's been gone for three days on a business trip, quote unquote. And like they have this idea of just women being unfaithful. And I don't understand why. I think it's also a way to escape responsibility to be like, Oh, it's not my fault. She's just interested in another guy. Cause there's so many times where I might go on a couple dates with somebody and I'd be like, nah, this isn't working out for me. And they'd be like, why has it been buzzing with you on bumble? I'm like, does it, do I need a buzz? Do I need like a whole lineup of other guys to be like, Oh, you know what? You didn't hit my top five. So I'm going to have to let you go. You know, we're moving on with the no. roster, you know, and it's like, or you just didn't work out. Like there was no uh-huh. other. And I think some people can't take that blow because it's no. it's such a like straight up rejection. But that's kind of life, though. Like not everyone's going to like you. And it's cool. It doesn't matter if they like you or not at the end of the day. Because <laughs> I've noticed also just as a whole, again, not all men are like this. Men's egos are far more fragile than females because like women get told degrading things all the time, like sexually or just like in general, like they get made, they get made fun of their hobbies, their interests, they get scrutinized and everything in the dating website, no matter what a woman does, they will get shit from it from any man. Like I've noticed that there is not anything a woman can do that a man does not criticize them for men. On the other hand, don't really get criticized as often. So whenever they do get criticism, they lose their shit. (laughs) When you handle them with kid gloves, so to speak, they don't get the hint. And then when you actually are straight up with them, like, hey, this isn't working out. I'm not really interested. They take that as like the biggest offense ever. And then they either throw a tantrum or they start insulting the woman. And it's like, dude, you cannot blame her for not wanting to date you. Like it's either you did something wrong or there's just no chemistry. Like pick up your ego and go like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes things just don't work out. And I think it's wild because I mean, if you want to draw up that, that whole dinner analogy, I think it's crazy how sometimes we'll go into a restaurant and like, for whatever insecurity reasons you choose to eat a salad. Right. And then the other person orders a pasta and you're like, Oh my God, I'm so jealous. Like, I really wish I had that pasta, you know? And 
you know, you'll ask if you can have some, but that person's really hungry and they're just eating up the whole pasta. And you're just like, I have this, the salad all to myself and I don't want it. You know, it's like, no one's ever like asked to send that back and then be like, actually, can I get the pasta? Because you're yeah. so afraid to admit that you were wrong with your first decision on something. And yeah, I think double down. Yeah. Like cis men that have just been brought up to always be so decisive and to be like, my only answer is the final answer. And you can't backtrack and be like, never mind. So as soon as someone else says that to them, they're like, you can't backtrack on your answer. Like, I can't yeah. do that. So you're not allowed to do that either. You know, it's just like <laughs> this rule. Um a rule that they made that they are allowed to change. Apparently, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing too. Like with the whole food analogy, like when you have two sets of plates and your partner is just eating theirs, a lot of men like aren't happy with the idea that they have their own food. They can satisfy themselves. But there's this idea that because they're in a relationship with someone that they are entitled to that person's food. No, you're not because they're their own person. They have their own feelings. And if you are essentially pushing their feelings aside in order to take what you want, even if they don't want it, that's selfish. Mm -hmm. And I understand like your partner not wanting to have sex. Yeah, of course it's disappointing. Like sex, sex is great. Like, of course it's great. I'm not going to force my partner into having sex purely for my own pleasure though. I have a hand. I've had a hand my whole life. I can use it. And men don't like that answer. They don't. Yeah. And Oh God, I just remembered. So another thing um, is uh, there's this whole stigma with bi women specifically. Whenever a man is dating a bi woman, for whatever reason, they have this idea that they are going to get a threesome. Yes. <laughs> it's not explicit. Like it's not written in writing. They have this idea though, that they can convince their girlfriend to have a threesome with them. And that's really gross mm -hmm. because it's fetishizing by people. And overall, it's just weird. <laughs> like, why would you only date a bi person to get a threesome? I genuinely think that that is like the weirdest way to ask for a threesome. Like yeah. they think that they'd be more open to it. And that's not at all true because a lot of bi people like everyone else are monogamous. Yeah. Like they want their own relationship style. And it's, it's yeah, it's crazy. I think it's wild too that like, if someone's bi-curious maybe, but mostly straight, you know, it's just an opportunity. It's like, or let, let's just like show a bunch of threesome porn, you know, like, and hopefully convert her and, and she'll be okay with that. You know, it's like, whatever your <laughs> sexual fantasy is, let's just create that out of my current relationship. And then hopefully like over yeah. time, that person will believe in it. And like, we don't realize how much of that is brainwashing like day after day after day. And then this person is so attached to you and eager to please that they'll just oblige, you know? And then they realize right later on that maybe they really weren't into it and they were just doing it to make their partner happy. And therein lies the problem. Like people are willing to do a lot of things for people that they love. And that includes doing things that make them uncomfortable or things that they didn't really want in the first place. And it, 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 it goes both ways, right? It's up to their partner to understand that boundaries are boundaries sometimes. And if they're not comfortable with it, they need to take the no. But at the same time, the other partner needs to know when to set that boundary. Mm -hmm. it, it goes both ways in terms of communication. Communication is key. And it's just a matter of actually accepting that communication. You can talk all you want. It's a matter of actually taking that 
conversation and applying it to the relationship. That's the hard part. Because again, back to what we were saying, when a woman says no, a lot of men don't like that answer. So Mm -hmm. they'll argue with you, they'll bargain with you. (laughs) They need to just accept the no. Yeah. So I'm curious about how you communicate when you are trans to someone that you're dating and, and, you know, when you feel unsafe and how do you communicate that? Because you can't change being trans, you know, but if I said no to sex, technically I can change my answer with enough persuasion. Right. So what, what do people say to you? Cause I'm, I'm assuming they're not trying to persuade you to change your mind on, on who you are as a human and your sexual identity. Right. So oh, what is, you would be surprised. do they change? Do they try to change? They that? try. They really do. They, they have this idea that I am just confused again, okay. a very common argument. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I am very like set on my identity. I've never felt more comfortable in my life. So whenever I get people who are like, oh, you know, maybe we could try putting on the skirt and maybe I can try calling you a girl. I'm like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. You need to respect my boundary. People fetishize trans men and it's very, very gross. I don't know what it is about trans men specifically. A lot of cis dudes are really into that. And it's really gross. Like, I feel gross. I've had several dudes try and do it to me. And it's just like, you are wasting your time. And one of the best ways is just straight up blocking them because they don't like hearing no. They don't like hearing that they're gross for doing that to me. And they're not going to change. Wow. Okay. So cis men try to convert you to be a woman. And yet they complain about gay men trying to convert them to be gay. Yep. Which is the exact same situation. Yep. Okay. Again, it's the whole like not being self-aware and... Yeah, uh, I remember one dude, uh, like, I was trying to get him to understand, like, I was trying to make it work with him, right? And he was like, okay, if you're really sure about this, is it okay if every couple of months I ask you if you're sure about your identity? I'm like, why would you ask that? That's so weird. Like, you wouldn't do that with a straight person or like with someone who was born a female. You only are doing it because I'm trans. And that makes me highly uncomfortable. (laughs) But yeah, I've had some weird experiences with men (laughs) that's wild i think the only thing i've ever got is when i lived in england for a little bit that i had guys ask me to put on like an asian accent and i was like but i'm born from canada like i don't even know how to put on an asian accent that's (laughs) so weird (laughs) yeah and like oh just sometimes i'm like i don't even i don't know what that means like i guess you should just watch some porn in chinese i don't know like it's not gonna work out (laughs) yeah just the whole like fetishization of the lgbtq community is very interesting as a whole But yeah, like men are really weird (laughs) whenever it comes to sex. They really expect a partner to be their their own like mini porn star. Like, yeah, they want them to try out all these new things to dress a certain way to like they expect this person to fulfill all their fantasies. And I feel like that that is an unfair expectation with either partner. Like that is not at all fair. And to to have the goal i don't understand why like men as a whole try and convert me i don't know if it's just a power dynamic but whenever i'm like on dating apps i have to specify that i'm trans and that i'm not changing my mind the amount of people that unmatch me and leave is insane like they have this idea that they can change me 
And I don't know why. I genuinely think it's just a power move. Mm-hmm. Well, Be like, can- oh yeah, well I turn this person back into a woman. Like, that's weird. <laughs> that's really weird. <laughs> I think that's the same thing as, I mean, I guess that was always the thing with like straight men and lesbians, you know, it's like, oh, yep. you just never had a man yet. You know, let me show you kind of. <laughs> Which and that argument doesn't even work with trans people because I'm pansexual. So like I don't care like who I'm dating. So like the idea that like, oh, you know, I can convert them. Like, no, like <laughs> I'm attracted to to everything. So I don't know how you think that that's gonna work, but okay. Like you think that your dick is magical, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's wild. I think it's because men were taught that just their one dick is going to work, you know, and then the, like <laughs> she's going to be totally into that one dick. Right. But you can go ahead and have like a million other people along the way and they'll just all want you. And I'm like, yeah. So the whole no. universe is supposed to revolve around you and your magic dick <laughs> is what, what you're learning here. Yeah. <laughs> and like one of my favorite things, I actually made a video about this not too long ago, but I was talking about how like, one of the common arguments I get is like, oh, you'll never be a real man because you don't have the real thing. I don't need the real thing. I don't like Amazon sells them. (laughs) They come in all different shapes, sizes, and colors. Like I can have any size I want. Um, Yours doesn't matter (laughs) Mm -hmm. because nine times out of 10, you don't even make them finish. So there's that. (laughs) And uh, just overall, like the sense of entitlement that they have, it's like, oh, you were born with a penis. So that immediately makes your penis the best. Like, no, the amount of entitlement that they have and how good that they think they are. They don't think that they have to work for it. (laughs) And they do. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's that concept of like needing to please being a man, like women are just supposed to exist to please you. So if you ever don't follow that script, they're like even more motivated to make you follow that order right because if you're out of that order that means there's potential for more people to be out of that order and not praise them right and you know it makes me think of that food analogy of like if you're going to a restaurant to eat because you're hungry and you're paying for this food to be created for you because you don't want to cook at home like you're paying for a service why does the server have to please you and these guys would go to these places just just for that activity, you know, just for the, you know, we just to be nice to them and like, whatever, how, why was that part of the program when literally yeah. you already paid to be fed, which is all you're supposed to be getting out of this. Well, and that's another thing too, because I've noticed a lot with like servers or like people in customer service, men take any form of like a woman being nice to them as like a, a flirtatious thing when it's literally just being a decent human being. They don't have that concept of like, just be like, people have this idea that men and women cannot be platonical friends. Yes, they can. I would know. I'm friends with men and women. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I just think that that's really weird. Like, homie, why do you just always assume that every single person wants to date you? Like, that's a really weird assumption. I mean, almost all of the guys that have had, I mean, all the straight men that I've had on the show always hit on me after the show. Like at least all of do them. Do they really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most like no. 90 five percent probably and um and this one guy actually he he was like well this is the thing he was like is it the ones that you approach or the ones that approach you and I was like it doesn't really matter and he's like well what about the percentage that you approach I'm like oh that's like a a hundred percent no matter what like that's only 95 percent because maybe they approached me for whatever maybe they're already with somebody or whatever but yeah and he's like well because 
it's the ego. It's like you approach them. So, I mean, it's not just a podcast, right? Like it might be a bit more than that. I'm like, why, why is it a bit more than that? Like the whole point is to reach out to anonymous men. Like you were picked because you like their insight, not because you want to date them. Like, yeah. And like, isn't that cool? Yeah. I like mean, you, like you want to pick, you want to pick their brain for how they feel. Like who wouldn't want to jump in on that? I think that that's really cool. Yeah. I don't it's know not about that. wanting to date you. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. You're very attractive, but I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny though. Cause it's like, well then I guess every straight guy should just have a picture of their penis. Cause that's all we're looking at. Right. Like apparently <laughs> that's the only reason why I contacted you. It's not even about your apparently. mind or like whatever you else, like your, your mind, nothing, none of this. So, <laughs> and I think men end up object- objectifying themselves then. So no matter what, of course, you're going to objectify others because that's how they perceive themselves. Yeah. And it's just like that. That's just another thing. Like the gender roles hurt both genders. It's just typically it hurts women more. But like even men, they can't like express their emotions. They have to be macho. They have to be consistent with their thoughts. Like they have to put up this persona. And it's exhausting for both parties. (laughs) And I wish that people were more aware of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to wrap up with a couple questions. What yep. is one toxic behavioral pattern that you've seen in your relationships that you want to change? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a problem with someone or if they did something that you do not like, just talk to them rather than build up resentment. It, it clears up so many issues. Like if I'm doing something that I don't know, you don't like, you need to tell me because I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you bring up an uncomfortable conversation? Um, Typically, whenever both of us are having like a good day and I feel comfortable enough talking about it, typically I just bring it up to them. (laughs) Just say, hey, um, I want to talk about something that happened either a couple days ago or yesterday or whenever and then go from there. How do you ideally like to receive love? Generally, just like any kind of validation is good. Verbal confirmation is typically one of my biggest ones, but that's mainly just because I I didn't have any kind of like parental figure growing up. It's the mommy and daddy issues. Um, <laughs> but knowing that I'm doing a good job is uh, very validating. Okay. I think that's interesting that I get that across the board, you know, like that you're, that you're doing a good job, but then it forces us all to be so performative in all spaces, right? Rather than just like, hey, like you're just loved, you know? So I, th- I don't know. I always, I always find that really curious, but ev- like everyone has always said that it's like, yeah, you're doing a good job. It's like, what if you didn't have to even do a job? I think that that's just related to past trauma and like yeah. past things. Like they like through people's actions, they didn't feel loved. So because of that, even though they get love, like whether that be just being in a relationship, they need that constant validation because otherwise they have this idea that they're not doing good enough. Mm -hmm. That's my, that's my take anyway. I don't know if that's how everybody else is, but that's how I am. Mm. What behavioral characteristic do you find the most attractive? Honesty, (laughs) honesty, and just not being ignorant. (laughs) Like it's fine if you don't know something, but don't pretend like you know something or pretend like you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear you. Um, My last question to you is, are there any topics that you would like to invite another man to elaborate on in another episode on the show? Oh, oh, that's a good one. I think that honestly, the same conversation in terms of consent 
I feel like that that's also very important because as a trans man, I have a different perspective than they do. Cause once again, I was born a female, so I have a different perspective than they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you would want to see like a straight man's perspective on that? Yes. And consent. Okay. Yeah. I've done a lot of attempts at that. And I think it's just wild. It, it, it's hilarious that it's still so, so goal oriented and, a, you know, just a push away from responsibility in any way. Right. To be like, oh, there's too much disclarity here. Like we just don't know. So. Well, and so do they normally like typically have kind of the same response? Like, oh, you know, like it ruins the mood or like, I know what I'm doing, stuff like that. Because I often hear stuff like that. Like, oh, it ruins the mood whenever you ask for consent. I've heard several straight men say that. Okay. So I think it ruins the mood is the answer when they just don't want to wear a condom. And that (sighs) is just a blatant disrespect for like, you know, a a person's body and their, their preferences of protection, literally like when you're engaging in sex. And that's why I had to be so forceful with my consent now where I'm like, we're not having sex unless we're making a baby. That's the level of penis to vagina sex we'll have. Because otherwise we can (laughs) can play with penises and vaginas in different ways. Just penis enters vagina, making a baby. And that's the (laughs) only thing, right? And it's like, you have to admit to that level of, of commitment, but like technically you should admit to that level of commitment every time. Because you can always potentially make a baby if penis yeah. enters vagina. And we yep. just don't talk about it that way. So rather than being like, do you have a condom on you? It's like, you open to making a baby today? Not open? Put on the condom, you know? And I yeah. like, I hate that I have to manipulate you into that. But that's that's how I've always brought it up. Um, because otherwise it's like, well, are you on birth control? Are you this and are you that? And then you just keep pushing the responsibility to someone else. Yep. And then when it's consent, you can manipulate the situation again so that it's a kind of yes. You know, it's like, or it was an enthusiastic yes, like two hours ago. And then now you're naked, like two hours later, but maybe a fight broke out, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, oh, well, it's the end of the night. So like sex is still on, right? Because you said so two hours ago. And you're like, well, you know, I got the answer. So what am I supposed to get it every minute? And it's like, it's not every minute, but yeah, you, you clearly made it in a way so that you think that this is technically okay. And I think the worst part is these guys, like they all know, they know every single time that they're non consensual. Yep. They don't want to admit it though. They don't. I think that's the craziest part. The guilt. That's just like, because a hundred percent of straight guys would be committed. Yep. Like guilty for some kind of sexual assault. Oh, definitely. Like if they talked about it with the court in any way, shape or form, a man has done something shady, just like women have done shading things, but men in particular, like they all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just just crazy to me how, like how normalized it is. Yeah. It's so scary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for this chat. It's been, it's been amazing. Um, how was it like for you? I I really enjoyed it. Actually. I was worried. I was worried that there was going to be like a bunch of awkward pauses and be like, I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, it went really well for me, I think. Yeah. Cause I, uh, I talk a lot. (laughs) I don't know if you can tell, but I talk a lot. Challenge accepted.
One thing I've been thinking about these days is how straight men are benefiting from abortions in their relationships. And that is something that we aren't talking about because we keep only talking about women's reproductive rights and women's issues. There is so much that women hold for both sides of the relationship that I would love to unpack a bit more with someone on the show. So straight men, if you're ready for a conversation, hit me up. Make sure to subscribe. And if you'd like to be on the show or know of someone with a unique perspective, slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday with more episodes of The 100 Masked Men.